is Paul Zimmerman. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about the uh, National Day Golden Week uh, with up to a million mainland tourists expected to visit Hong Kong during the eight-day period. Coinciding with the newly launched uh, Night Vibes Hong Kong campaign, which includes uh, night markets, discounted cinema tickets, uh, the National Day fireworks display, there should be plenty of options for visitors and locals alike. So how well geared up are we for a big influx of visitors? Uh, how much of an impact will the night markets and other attractions have on the economy? And how much does the F&B sector stand to benefit? At 9.55, we'll get the latest on the Asian Games from our reporter, Jamie Clark. If you want to join in, uh, you can let us know what you think. Leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or call us on 233-88266. That's 233-88266. And uh, joining us now on the line, uh, we have uh, Annie Fonda, who's Executive Director of the Travel Industry Authority. Annie Fonda, good morning to you. Good morning, Jean. So, uh, a big week coming up. Uh, of course, it's the kicked off by the Mid-Autumn Festival and uh, other festivities to follow. So, um, are we all set for a million visitors? Yes, we are actually very well prepared. Uh, in fact, there was an interdepartmental working group headed by the Commissioner of Tourism last week and all the relevant stakeholders, the departments and units, such as the transport department, the police, the customs and excise, and immigration, and us. We had meetings to plan for this week operations, both logistically, traffic arrangements, so on and so forth, and crowd management. So we're very happy that uh, there will be a lot of people coming to Hong Kong. Mm. And there'll be uh, extra manpower at uh, border checkpoints and such places? Well, that's for certain, because uh, even one million is not really a big number. We have to be well prepared for this happy festive uh, season. So we are all working very hard for these eight days. Yeah, and, and uh, most visitors from the mainland will be coming uh, uh, via high-speed rail or, or by coaches uh, uh, rather than arriving at the airport. Um, actually, as far as I know, um, there will be more people for the FIT, which is the free travellers. Mm. For group, which uh, TIA is managing, there will be uh, less people. We are anticipating that there will be 720 tours uh, within these eight days, which is around 28,500 people. That will be the tours. Right. Uh, apart from that, that will be the FIT. So they will be travel, you know, in various ways. You know, it, it's up to their preference. But for our tours, it's mainly travel by coaches. Right. Okay. So, so the, the majority of visitors then will be coming uh, as individuals. That's right. Mm. That's right. Mm. Okay. All these buses uh, that are coming in, and how does it compare with uh, kind of like uh, pre-COVID times in terms of uh, numbers? Well, actually, uh, our estimation is this week it will be relatively quiet. Say, you know, today, our figures is only 50 to 50 to so it's 50 coaches for today. Mm -hmm. And for the part, uh, later week, there will be really not a lot of uh, tour groups. 
So uh, we are thinking that the FIT will form the majority of our tourist this time, this is eight days. Okay, uh, just so, but you're kind of measuring. Uh, is it, can we can we see the pre-sales of tickets on the on the, uh, on the train? Uh, do we know those numbers? I mean, do you have sight on those? Well, I don't know that number oh, because for, for for my responsibility, we are paying attention to the two groups mainly. Mm-hmm. So I think for that, we have to probably we can check from the uh, tourism board or um, you know uh, other stakeholders. So okay, so, so the authorities doing uh, tour groups. I mean, what do you do to reach out for tour groups? Uh, are you promoting this in uh, on the mainland? Are you promoting this outside the mainland? Which what are your key markets and uh, and how do you go about promoting? Well, actually, we are not promoting. We are the regulators for the travel industry in Hong Kong. Uh-huh. So for this, like this Golden Week, we are looking at helping the travel agents to really do their job properly in welcoming our tourists to Hong Kong. So um, actually, we promote the integrity, competence and professionalism of the travel industry practitioners, which include the tour guides, tour escorts, and the uh, shops, you know, we have shops um, to regulate. Uh, they are doing business for the inbound tour groups because they come to Hong Kong apart from having, you know, going to the scenic points. They also come for shopping, although then they are not a lot of people doing these uh, shopping these days because they come to Hong Kong to look at Hong Kong instead of primarily for shopping. Okay, so that's changed. I mean, so this was set up as uh, in response to kind of with, when we had the height of the season, of the period where we had lots of mainland visitors and we had issues in, in retail, we had issues with bus parking, we had, uh, mm-hmm. we had various issues. I mean, what are the key issues that, uh, that you really worried about and that you're trying to respond to? Okay, just like this week, we are a little bit fortunate that uh, the groups are not that many. But uh, actually last week, we had an, an influx of tourists because uh, of the hotel price. You know, during the Golden Week, it will be relatively more expensive. That's why, you know, before the Golden Week, they came, you know, all of a sudden. So there was an influx. And uh, we are told that after the 6th of October, there will be more people coming to Hong Kong up to the end of the year. So that will be three months' time. So instead of managing policing the Golden Week for a week, uh, TIA is actually policing the uh, Golden Week for three months. So we have to look at the uh, tra- uh, the traffic arrangement, the crowd management. Uh, the tourist goes to all the scenic points, so we are helping the uh, tourist guide not to disturb the traffic too much and disturbing the Hong Kong people's, you know, the, the ordinary livelihood of the people of Hong Kong. So we have to make sure that they don't illegal park. Uh, we have already warned all the tourist guide to tell the coach drivers if they illegally park, they will be issued with a ticket by the police officers. So this will be our major concern. And also we need to manage the crowd because if they go to places, to places, we don't want them to have any any uh, unfortunate incidents. That's why crowd management is very important. And, and you used to have issues with uh, that forced shopping. Uh, that there were complaints that people felt they were forced to go to certain shops. Uh, uh-huh. So is, is that still an issue or is that concern has disappeared? Before the COVID time, before actually our existence, you know, the GIA authority, there were cases that had uh, Kuwait, you know, shopping people forced you to buy. 
But now, because uh, under our uh, regulations and ordinance, if you force people to buy with all the threats and, you know, illegal mm-hmm. activities, it is a criminal uh, offence. People go to prison. So now, uh, since we operate in last September, there have been no cases like this because all the uh, stakeholders, they knew if they do anything illegal regarding shopping, they will go to bar, you know, behind bars. So they are not doing that anymore. So shopping-wise now, it's very orderly and people know what they're doing. And also we are having joint operation with the Custom and Excise Department to check all the goods that they are selling. Make sure they are not selling any, any fake watches or any fake items. So in all these aspects, I'm quite happy with the current situation. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, so, yeah, Annie Fonda, because uh, I know that you have to uh, leave us in a minute or so, um, but um, could I just ask you for the incoming tour groups, um, um, do you know how many of them are likely to be staying for the whole period or, or, or how many will stay for a few days and then go back to the mainland or is, is there sort of an average okay. figure? Okay. Yeah, let, like last time, you know, the 1st of May, all the mainland tourists, they tend to stay in Hong Kong more than two days. And uh, this year, this time, we expect them to stay here. If it is one day, it will be something like 25% of the overall tourists. And over 55%, they will be staying for two days. And 10% will be for three days. And the remaining 10% will be staying for more than three days. So uh, according to our statistics, over half of the, our groups will be staying for, for two days. And what are the popular areas for them to sleep? I mean, what are the nights? Where are the areas? Uh, they tend to go to Chengdi, which uh, the hotels are a little bit Low cost. cheaper. Right. Yeah, but because of the Golden Week, it's still among to something like $900. Because mm. on a normal day, it's something like four to $500 mm. a day. Mm. All right. Okay. Well, thanks very much for uh, explaining that and uh, uh, speaking to us uh, on this morning's program. That was uh, Annie Fonda. And, and good luck next week. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. For sure. Uh, <laughs> thank Fonda. you very much. Okay. Thank and you. And happy New Year, Doctor Festival. And, and happy. Right. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. And we can uh, now uh, join uh, Haiyan Song, who is uh, Associate Dean and Chair Professor at the School of Hotel and Tourism Management at uh, Hong Kong Polytechnic University. Good morning to you. Good morning. And uh, also with us, we have uh, Glenn McCartney, who's uh, Associate Professor in uh, Integrated uh, Resort and Tourism Management management and um, associate dean for curriculum and teaching that's at the faculty of business administration at the university of macau so uh two um uh, expert uh, academics uh, in this uh, field um, perhaps um, um hi and song if we could maybe ask you first uh, so obviously uh, it's, we've, got, we've got the mid-autumn festival uh, kicking off uh, uh, more than a week of the um uh, of uh, festivities uh, expecting a million tourists uh, coming from the mainland over the next uh, seven or eight days. Uh, what sort of uh, golden week can we expect, do you think, this year, considering uh, you know, it's a long time since uh, uh, a, a lot of events have been able to happen and uh, it's a long time since we've seen uh, such big numbers coming to the Territory? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think this is a, a good uh, opportunity. It's another stimuli for Hong Kong to recover mm. from uh, the pandemic. Actually, these, uh, I guess the tourists will be uh, visiting Hong Kong and to experience the hospitality of uh, Hong Kong. 
And actually, many of the businesses are started to recover, and many shops are start to open, and tourism businesses actually will certainly have opportunity to further develop itself. Uh, I guess most of Chinese uh, tourists from mainland China will be uh, looking for uh, uh, shopping. Is still, one of the main activities, but they also probably will be looking for both beat areas, um, which they probably have not visited before if they uh, have been in Hong Kong uh, before COVID. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. I would mm. say the profile of the, the the visitors from the mainland has changed. I mean, we're talking about the younger people, young couples uh, that come for a day or so and uh, hang around. Or what what is the profile? Yeah, I think uh, obviously uh, the uh, you will see a large proportion of the tourists are relatively young. Mm. Uh, so probably uh, in their you know thirties, uh, forties, uh, but still you have. Um, Senior tourists who uh, have not been able to travel internationally, and they will come to Hong Kong as well, especially with the package tours. So, uh, but, but the, the package tours—we uh, just heard from uh, Ms. Ms. Fonda that uh, that is uh, that, that is going to be very limited. She gave you those numbers of twenty-eight thousand five hundred uh, passengers, uh, seven hundred and twenty tours only. That's a very small number. Sure. That she said she was primarily expecting the uh, the FITs. Yeah, I think most of them are independent travelers. Uh, most of them actually are from uh, GD, uh, GBA areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, actually we are also see a lot of uh, tourists visiting Hong Kong, Macau, uh, maybe uh, as a uh, you know one trip. Uh, so uh, we are actually uh, um, Hong Kong and Macau is complementary, and Ma- Ma- <laughs> Glenn probably will explain this uh, as well. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, good morning, Glenn McCartney. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing, Jim and Paul? How are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. Very well, thanks. Yeah, and uh, and thanks for joining us uh, on the program uh, again. Yeah. So, um, w- 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 obviously, we're talking mostly about uh, uh, the Golden Week holiday here in Hong Kong. But uh, w- w- what sort of uh, week are you expecting in Macau? And we're expecting somewhat similar. We're expecting around about a hundred thousand a day visitors each day. So you can do the calculations here. So we're, we're we're expecting a very very good golden week. The numbers, you know, the, the occupancy rates and so forth. So um, to the point in Hong Kong, we're also expecting a a, a good golden week. What are people going to do? I mean, Macau, they're going to gamble. Um, are you monitoring both uh, Macau and Hong Kong? Well, well, um, the the, the uh, I was I was glad to hear about. I mean, when I was looking at your night vibes campaign, mm-hmm. and just getting to that, I, I sometimes for some time I've been a very big advocate of you know the nighttime economy and extending reasons for visitors to come. And so when I was looking at Hong Kong, I thought this is a great uh, initiative in terms of bringing people to stay longer and spend more and using waterfronts and so forth. And I thought. Uh, you know, the, 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 these are great incentives for when people are coming during the golden weeks to keep them in the city and, uh, you know, get, get them to spend across a broad sphere of F&B and uh, retail, souvenirs and so forth. Um, so it, it's, it's good to see that. Yeah, it, um, and of course, uh, Hong Kong is uh, sort of maximising on the uh, attraction of the uh, harbour front uh, in these uh, coming days. I mean, we, we've already got... Uh, uh, 
the event going on in Wan Chai on the Wan Chai Harbour front. We've got uh, a Belcher Bay promenade in Kennedy Town, the Kuntong promenade, uh, all involved in uh, showcasing Hong Kong with uh, with various attractions there. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, is that sort of thing that um, I, I mean? I know the, the, the geography and the setup is a little bit different between Hong Kong and Macau, but uh, is, is that sort of thing that uh, Macau might try to emulate if it was able to? We, we, I mean, there's something I say we, we should be emulating more because a lot of our uh, visitation will be going to the Koh Tai Strip or into integrated resorts. So mm. less about the waterfronts. Although we're trying some waterfront promotions, such as like we're doing in Hong Kong, the fireworks and such. But there's a lot of uh, grab, you know uh, movement towards integrated resorts and staying within the resorts. Good for the resorts, but again, we have these waterfronts, and so we're looking at as we we're talking about diversification in the future of Macau is how to better use some of our. Uh, like we say, we have beautiful waterfronts as well. Um, but, but with that, and I was listening to some, you know, um, you, you, um, some of the points you're talking about. You have regulations and legislations and so forth, but, uh, you know, and how to get this all going. It was great to see, like, you know, all the stakeholders in Hong Kong working together to make it happen, you know, that you can uh, you can cook things in the waterfront and, and stuff like that. So that's all very important to make it all happen, because so, you know, there's a quite a few involved. So you're specifically pointing out a food licensing and, and uh, to make, make sure that the waterfronts can be... That, that this is an old thing, isn't it? In you know, Hong Kong and Macau, the kind of the street markets and cooked food along outdoors that kind of has disappeared with regulations uh, over the years. And is, is that where you see that as a, as a good opportunity for uh, growing the economy back? Yeah, I mean, there has to be there has to be regulations, fire safety, hygiene, mm. just, you know, because obviously... You know, for, just for the safety perspective, but also for the minds of the consumer. I mean, I've been to food festivals before and, you know, you, you have to see cleanliness and you have to see those points. Because just to the point, there's going to be a younger traveler this time around coming from basically the Greater Bay Area. They're very Internet savvy. They'll be using social media. They're on their mobiles. They're clicking images. And so they're going to be sharing that. So it's very important that, yes, to a certain point, yeah, we have these you know, we have all the street festivals and so forth. But of course, there has, you know, the people are going to be sharing a lot of content as well. Uh, and it's very important that those are all positive images as much as possible. Hmm. Uh, Professor Song, uh, um, uh, Glenn McCartney uh, mentioned the fireworks there. Of course, we've got the, the National Day fireworks shows, 23-minute uh, tw uh, fireworks show um, uh, coming up uh, over the weekend. Um, so would you be expecting that, uh, you know, uh, both sides of the harbour are going to be... Uh, yeah, very, it's going to be very crowded. Very crowded, yeah. See a lot of uh, a lot of people. I think it is important to control the traffic and make sure there's no accident. Uh, I think it is it's going to be a tough job for the police. I think. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how much? How important is an event like that in, if you like, uh, showcasing Hong Kong? I think it is important, especially uh, the harbor uh, yeah, fireworks and light show. This is uh, one of the unique uh, attraction of Hong Kong. It has to has to to, to do well and to attract uh, as many people as possible. And also, uh, if uh, this is going uh, going going well, and it will be uh, spread out uh, in terms of the. 
uh, word of mouth and uh, many people will be uh, coming to Hong Kong to see these things in the future. At the same time, actually, uh, uh, marketing promotion is also very important. Uh, by marketing and promotion, I'm not, I, I do not mean the traditional way of promoting uh, those attractions in Hong Kong. Using social media, uh, in China especially, they have their own social media like uh, Lit Red Book, uh, Lit, Little Red Book, and uh, Billy Billy, and that sort of, uh, you know, uh, media platforms, which should have many uh, celebrities and also they called uh, key, uh, key opinion leaders to promote uh, those attractions for Hong Kong. And we see that already happening, is it? The, uh, the lanterns that are being placed all over Hong Kong and that the government is being promoting. You see them popping up on social media all over the place now, where beautiful pictures of people that are hanging around uh, with uh, lanterns. That's good. That's good, actually. We need to do that more. Yeah, that has a good visual value, isn't it? These, these yeah. lanterns, they, uh, they can dress up a place very quickly. Yeah, especially uh, the younger generation, they, uh, they, they, they like this sort of thing. Mm. What, what do you think about the v variety of uh, attractions on offer for people coming from the mainland? I mean, we've talked about how the, the sort of profile of the, uh, of the average visitors changed somewhat and activities have changed and people are not necessarily coming here to do uh, shopping anymore, coming for other reasons. I mean, uh, what, what do you think? I mean, are, are there enough attractions, uh, I mean, especially for younger people? Not really, actually. Uh, it, probably uh, you've seen uh, over the past month, uh, few months, actually, there's a lot of uh, young Hong Kong uh, <laughs> tourists traveling to Shenzhen, Guangzhou, right. and yeah. surrounding areas are looking for uh, attractions there. Mm. Actually, the nightlife and the variety of uh, uh, attractions and also services are much, much more uh, than Hong Kong. I think Hong Kong is lagging behind. Uh, I think uh, one thing that Hong Kong can do is to learn from, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Shenzhen GDB, uh, GBA area. What are, what, what are the, you know, new uh, attractions has been offered? And, uh, you know, uh, if, if you try to attract Chinese tourists from, from mainland, then you need to have those services. Mm. But, do, so, but what is new? I mean, uh, what I understand is new from the, uh, from the people that I speak to that travel on the weekend to Shenzhen. First of all, it's the money. I mean, it's cheaper to go and have a beer and have some food out of Shenzhen. Two, that there are more options available in terms of bars and restaurants. There are more choices. Yeah. And three, it's new. They haven't been able to do this for, for, for several years. It's kind of a new destination nearby, close by. So experimentation is, uh, is key here. Yeah, leisure, for example, actually leisure activities, mm. uh, spas, uh, wellness resort. Uh, you know, actually now people are trying to because of the life is so busy and uh, has been uh, stressful for over the last three years. They want, they want to go to somewhere to relax, uh, stay a few days, and then uh, enjoy the facilities and services provided, especially leisure. Uh, services. Uh, I think Hong Kong is not known for that. Hong Kong is an uh, urban tourist uh, destination, uh, mainly shopping, dining, nightlife. Oh, actually, yes. nightlife is even a lag behind. But then we should actually try to see what sort of uh, integrated resort that Hong Kong can offer uh, to be able to attract the tourists and stay a bit longer.
But isn't it the matter that we have to have patience in, in, in terms of prices to be adjusted? Uh, I remember one story of a lady who went to Shenzhen and she came back and she had done her nails up and says, it cost me 50 yuan if I do that in Hong Kong, it cost me 500. I mean, so, I mean, there is a price gap here that, that is real and that's going to take a while for, to level out, isn't it? Yeah, I think price-wise we are not uh, competitive. So, uh, uh, but then we can offer, uh, you know, unique services and also good quality services. And actually, experience is very important. So, uh, tourists are actually looking for experience. So, if the experience is unique and special, uh, even the price is high. And there's a lot of tourists actually uh, reach uh, Chinese tourists are looking for these things. And of course, the the yuan is uh, relatively weak at the moment against the dollar. I mean, that presumably that's having something of an effect. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yes, mm. I think so. Mm. Mm. So, where's Hong Kong special? Hong Kong special, I would say, still Hong Kong is uh, is a melting pot uh, with uh, Chinese and Western culture, mm-hmm. and many Chinese uh, tourists probably are still looking for. Uh, this type of uh, uh, mixture of cultural uh, heritage and tradition. Uh, so it is very attractive for especially, um, you know, the restaurants, international cuisines, uh, you know, activities, sport activities, for example, and also music. If Hong Kong can uh, offer, you know, a music performance, which uh, uh, it's uh, internationally known, attract uh, young tourists. I think these are something that Hong Kong can uh, can uh, can be in advantage in terms of comparing with Chinese destinations. Okay. How, how, how about our waters and our country parks? Uh, you know, the ability for people to go out sailing, kayaking, sup, supping, and whatever yeah. activities that we see. You know, there's been a fast growth in the cycling waters of those activities. Yes, this is sort of uh, we call niche t- tourist activities. Uh, although it, you will not uh, attract a lot of uh, tourists to there, but the intention is not attract a lot of tourists, but attract tourists who spend money spent time there. Mm, sure. Okay, all right. Well, thank you very much uh, for speaking to us. Uh, that's uh, Hai Yang Song, Associate Dean and uh, Chair Professor at the School of Hotel and Tourism Management at the Polytechnic University. Uh, uh, so, Glenn McCartney, uh, please uh, stay with us. We'll be joined by um, one or two other guests um, in the second half of the programme. Uh, uh, we're going to have a break for a news summary in just a moment. A quick look at the weather, mainly fine apart from isolation showers today and very hot in the afternoon with a top temperature of around uh, 33 degrees. Uh, The outlook is for uh, very hot weather to persist and one or two showers uh, during the weekend and the early part of next week. It's currently 29 degrees. Humidity is 83%. And with a new summary, here's Hayley Yip. Cash-strapped property developer China Evergrande says its chairman, Hui Kai-yen, is suspected of what it described as illegal crimes and subject to mandatory measures in accordance with the law. No further elaboration was given. Trading in the company's shares was suspended yesterday. A ceremony will be held tomorrow at St. Peter's Square in the Vatican, where Pope Francis will create 21 new cardinals, including Hong Kong Bishop Stephen Chow. The event, known as a consistory, will be closely watched as the new cardinals can vote for the Pope's successor as long as they are under 80.
and Sweden is considering using the military to tackle surge in gang violence. The Prime Minister Ulf Christensen said he'd summon the head of the armed forces to discuss ways to help the police. We'll have more news for you at 10 o'clock. The Mid-Autumn Festival is coming. Let's celebrate happily and safely too. The Leisure and Cultural Services Department reminds you to use a container to hold lit candles. Don't burn wax or fly sky lanterns. Never throw glow sticks or other objects recklessly. And before you leave, make sure to tidy up and keep places clean. I'm Bloomy the Tree. When you see my Tremark logo in a shop, it's a social enterprise. Social enterprises provide diversified products and services. They're dedicated to contributing to society. With a self-sustaining model for their continued development, they create job opportunities for the disadvantaged, building a caring and harmonious society. Visit sehk.gov.hk for more on the Tremark. Let's support social enterprises and help them bloom. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. And welcome back to Backchat with Paul Zimmerman and me, Jim Gould. And uh, this morning we're continuing our conversation about the, the Golden Week uh, holiday and uh, Hong Kong's uh, nighttime economy. Uh, we have uh, with us uh, Glenn McCartney, who's an Associate Professor in Integrated uh, Resort and Tourism Management. Uh, that's at uh, the University of Macau. And uh, also joining us now, uh, James Robertson, uh, uh, known to his friends as uh, JR, owner of the El Grande Group of Restaurants and Bars which includes uh, Grappers and Cadillac. Um, uh, JR, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Happy Mooncakes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't happy, eat too many. <laughs> happy, uh, yeah, happy Mid-Autumn Festival to you and uh, to our listeners. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about uh, uh, expecting a big influx of tourism, uh, of tourists uh, from the mainland over the next uh, eight days. Uh, in parallel with that, of course, uh, we have the Night Vibes uh, Hong Kong campaign uh, going on at the moment, uh, uh, which is intended to try and change people's habits basically and get to people going out again in the evening to boost uh, the nighttime economy um, um, w w what do you think of the campaign well uh, the um, uh, the night vibes thing uh, I guess it was last weekend Friday Saturday and they got three more weekends uh, lined up for the same thing but I, I don't know what it really does for the industry I know from my outlets there's, there's no impact because people are going down to the waterfront and they're uh, having uh, food on cardboard plates, and they, they get a lot of selection and some beer and whatever. And I don't know if it's subsidized or not. But in essence, the, it's competing with the existing restaurants and outlets. We're serving <laughs> like crazy to just survive. Yeah. I mean, the second part of uh, September has been a lot better. The, the first part of September was quite bad with the, the T10 and then the big uh, rainstorm the weekend after. But, yeah. um, uh, I suppose it's it's an effort in the right direction, but I don't see attracting people who don't stand by the harbor side and, and and have snack food and whatever. I don't see how that's going to train the train the the customers up to now turn around and come to the outlets that are serving the yeah. pizza or whatever. I mean, might, might might it not help if it changes people's habits and gets people into the you know the the idea of uh, going out again at night time rather than uh, you know rather than staying home, which it seems uh, a lot of people have been doing. Well, I think the malice is a, a bit bigger though. It's not just 
people have gotten used to staying home. People don't have money. I mean, uh, last week I, I walked down Principal Street between uh, Hennessy and Layton Road. That's about 250 meters. It's 15 shops. Uh, they're shuttered. That's about 50%. So I, I think there's a there's more than just getting people to stay out late. If people don't have any money. There's not enough money in the economy. We need those tourists. I mean, I'm happy. I don't think the million tourists that they're expecting to come over in the next eight days, starting yesterday today, um, will come to the kind of Western restaurant that I more or less represent. But uh, just having them come to the economy and bring money, that's that's good. We need we need more money in our economy. But how about your your restaurants, bars and restaurants? I mean, how's it going? I mean, we've, we've been out of COVID now for about a year. Uh, things got to be improving um, or or not. Well, Paul, I, I mean, we had a horrible summer. I mean, uh, July and August was just unbelievable in the Western restaurant concepts because... Uh, Everybody was gone? So many Westerners or Westernized locals that want to travel, they were out traveling. Maybe, maybe some of them went last year in the summer of 2022, but uh, they all went in 2023. Um, my sales in July uh, down 30%, 40% from July last year. Okay. So and September, and September after after the summer, what happened? What happened this month? Well, as I say, we got off to a bad start in September with the, the rain and the weather, but right. uh, it's picked up a bit now. I have to be honest. The last ten days or so, it's certainly been an improvement. Mm. Um, uh, Glenn McCartney, uh, of course, uh, M Macau is always a, a popular destination for, for Hong Kong people. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, as, as we've said, we uh, endured uh, uh, you know, two or three years when it was pretty difficult to travel. So uh, are, are you now seeing a lot of Hong Kongers uh, coming over to Macau for the weekend? Yeah, um, we do. I mean, we, we, we come back to our numbers again, almost that we had uh, pre-COVID. And I think what JR was mentioning, I agree totally. There's a there's an issue, of course, what is the, you know, when I look at Macau's, Macau's image in the, in the minds of Hong Kong people, they come here for its, its, its Portuguese culture, its legacy, mm. and the, the food and the ambience. And it's a bit laid back, and I, I understand all those those uh, call those image attributes. And so, when when you're talking about Hong Kong and the night vibes, I always ask, what, what's the objective behind the campaign? I mean, is it to, for example, that, that Hong Kong is buzzing again, and you want to bring more people back? And maybe when they come to Hong Kong, they're going to tell other people it's going to be a positive image effect, and maybe they're going to return again and visit outlets like JR's outlets and other people's. But it's like, you know, so I think a bit of research that's done over the, the next golden week, find out more about the type of people coming to Hong Kong, their spending patterns, their intention to return and so forth, would be very helpful, I think, in order to, to see what what impact the Night Vibes is having, for example. So to that point, I think image and branding, for, for example, Macau, a lot of Hong Kong people do know what Macau is all about. It's been a historical, it's a little trip away. And of course, things like access have become much better. For example, the bridge with the busing. Mm -hmm. And so I've been on the bus several times this month and you can just see the volumes of people using it. So access price as well has, has gone down. So the bus, for example, the pricing, price sensitive. But I think price is also important, but also, and I think to what Hainan was just saying at the very end of the show last, 
just I totally agree with too. People will pay a little bit more to a certain point, elasticity of spending, to a certain point if they get more value, more experience, more entertainment, in, or yeah, for example, into, their, uh, into the price. So that's what Macau tries to do. We say, okay, we understand, for example, our hotel accommodation can be quite pricey, for example, during Golden Week. But then across the, the, the packaging, the spectrum is to offer a lot more value adding and reasons, you know, that's not just a hotel room. There's a lot of other things you're going to experience as part of that. So there's a more willingness to spend that maybe a little bit more over Golden Week. But I, I, because, you know, you're adding that little bit more value, we all collect in, into the package. Hmm. So is, is Macau successful in uh, taking that very large gambling uh, tourism and, and, and reaching out to a broader population? Or have the gamblers do more things, not just gambling? Is it, is it working? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we, we obviously have the, the gaming market is very, very central to Macau and it will continue to be. But we were seeing a shifting now into, for example, if you went on all the websites of the six integrated resorts, you'll see a whole lot of entertainment events happening over the next weeks. Each resort has a lot happening. And they brought new product on board even during COVID-19. Water parks, you'll see indoor water park, indoor entertainment. Entertainment for the children as well. You will see a, a lot more for, you know, people are coming with families. So adults, adults want to do their thing, the children. So we have a, I think you have to cater for the, the broader uh, broader family spectrum, the understanding that, yeah, this, this particular person may want to do this, nightlife, but then there's also the children. They will come with their children, they come with young uh, families. So I think one of the things that Integrated Resort does very well is being able to look at different segments and being able to cater for them and, and therefore being able to, you know, and, they, and also their spending. You want to spend high on food or you want to spend more on a, a, a food court scenario. That's also acceptable. But again, price, being able to segment on price has been very important for, for us. So, JR, it's probably early day for you, uh, you know, with the September increase. But uh, is there a change in the profile of your of your guests at your properties? And not really. Uh, we're not seeing, I'm not seeing people coming from overseas. And it seems the, the tourists that come now are predominantly by a large share are uh, mainland and I don't see many I they, we get a couple but it's really a very small number and you know this night vibes thing is there's another one coming that you may have read about in the paper that hasn't been very well articulated but it's uh, they got this thing called night it's going to run from November through March and uh, they're going to hand out one million one hundred dollar coupons to tourists Yeah. And they're supposed to come and, and, and shop, and they can use it for shops. They can use it for restaurants. It does. Uh, it's limited to you can only spend after 6 p.m. Although I wonder how any merchants can, they're going to monitor any merchant only on <laughs> after 6 p.m. I'm sure everybody will take that coupon as soon as it comes in. But the uh, the other thing they have to register by having a mobile phone number that's overseas to get their hundred dollar coupon. And the, the odd thing, I, I only found this out yesterday, because when you guys asked if I could uh, come on, I said, okay, then uh, freshen up on what's going on. So this, the night treats, you have to join the, uh, it's part of the sure, Department of Tourism, but it's uh, quality tourism services. And you have to be a shop that's registered. To be a shop, to register, you have to pay, Uh, for one shot, it costs you five thousand two fifty. 
Mm. Uh, but they're going to have a fire sale just this month for you get 50% off if you register in this in, in October, and they'll expedite the process. But I, you know, I'm gonna, I got 10 outlets, and I'm not going to spend that kind of money in, in hopes that I'll get it back in $100 coupons that are spent in my restaurants. Yeah. I, I don't know who thinks these things up, but I. I, I, it may work in the shops a little bit, but it's, it's going to be a tough, tough sledding. Now you were you were saying the uh, the, t the attractions are very much aimed at areas of Hong Kong where the traditional restaurants and bars that you kind of uh, work with are, are not present. Do you see opportunities for uh, new restaurants and uh, and bars in these areas and these waterfront areas? Have you uh, do you see a shift uh, for potential areas where you would set up a bar or something? Well. <laughs> Kind of not answering that, but uh, obliquely. I mean, if there's one place that I used to, I've always taken uh, tourists when they come or friends from overseas, we always go to Temple Street and walk down Temple Street and stop somewhere and have a beer or a plate of noodles. But they've been cracking down. I know Temple Street has been largely closed because of the COVID, but uh, they've been clamping down on Temple Street for the last 15, 20 years and closing the outdoor seating. And that's what people want. I mean, they go they go to Rome or they go to Paris and sit outside in the, in the good weather and, and you dine and have a drink or whatever. And they've been closing that stuff down for a long time on Temple Street. And there, that's kind of what Hong Kong really was. I mean, coming to um, my Italian restaurant and having a plate of pasta, you may have a memorable night that night, but that isn't Hong Kong. That's kind of, I, I brought a piece of Europe or something to, to a place in, in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on, on Lan Kwai Fong, just driving by Lan Kwai Fong the other day, I know Mr. Seaman uh, has stated things are picking up, and they may well be. I, I don't know the numbers, and I don't go there very, uh, very much. But I noticed at the top, where across from Stormy's, uh, what well, Stormy's has been closed for a long time, and there was a 7-Eleven. Yep. Even the 7-Eleven is closed, okay. and the next three units going down from 7-Eleven are all closed. So, yeah, there's lots of room for people to open. I don't know if the landlords have woken up to the fact that uh, they're not going to be able to get the rents they used to get. And on that subject, a real quick one, I mean, everybody's talking about and reading about in the Chinese papers, I don't read Chinese papers, uh, and the SCP, that... Um, There's a huge number of people going across the, to Shenzhen to have services. I mean, they, they have food and beverage and get their fingernails painted or have a massage, whatever, because they're getting more bang for the buck. Yeah. What that says is the general public of Hong Kong is arbitraging the situation. They don't mind to give up a little bit of time to get on the train. And, of course, if you're 60, it only costs you $2 to get over there. But this, everything is so much better for a return on the money you spend versus Hong Kong. So it so says, yeah. so it Hong says Kong. the Hong Kong landlords, because the cost mm. of labor here and the rent is so much higher, they're arbitraging the situation going away. Yeah, so so Now, I don't know how you're going to correct that. So is that's going to take time. Hong Kong's too expensive, and really. Indeed, and that, and and that is, and you 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 put that down to landlords and the rents that are charged. Do you see a threat in this, Mr. Song? I mean, do you uh, do you see the threat here in the, in the costs and the costs of the, the underlying cost of services are too high in Hong Kong? It's going to take a while for that to balance out. I Don't, don't you put that to high on song? Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's, with, not, he's not, not. Yeah, not with us uh, at the moment. Glenn McCartney, okay. do you see this? Yes, uh, do you see this kind of issue with uh, with costing? Yeah, I mean, you know, you say rents and labor costs. It's, 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 a, it's a it's a large part of the uh, the bills at the end of the month. 
and, and to what JR was saying there, I mean, even Macau too, the issues of trying to get patio dining and outside, you know, regulatory oversight, sometimes it can be, you know, that, that doesn't help sometimes. So regulations have to catch up and understanding some of the pressures, for example, of, of land, you know, of, of, of small businesses. And, you know, and, and again, starting sitting down around the table and saying, listen, we have these challenges ahead. Because everybody, everybody's involved in the success of, 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 uh, you know, of a restaurant or a bar or, or a night market. So, I mean, yes, I understand there's fire and safety hygiene issues, but at the same time, you mean, for example, patio, you know, all that sort of. Uh, I was mentioning before the value adding, where you can sit outside and, ha- and have a drink and and, a, and, a, and and see the night sky, you know. But it gives, gives that sometimes, you know, the regulation will say no, you all have to be inside. So. I guess the, as you as you look at the challenges ahead, these are sort of things that you know they put on the table, so to speak, and say, can we can these not become part of it because they will be very helpful to us given the challenges we have with rents and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I agree, the, the, some of these things could be you know future considerations given the challenges faced in a post-COVID-19 situation. Uh, okay, um, can I ask you both uh, about uh, upcoming events? I mean, uh, J.I., you mentioned uh, uh, night treats. Uh, also, we've got uh, at the end of next month, um, from October the 26th to the 29th, we've got the, the, the Wine and Dine Festival, which is making a, a comeback after five years. Uh, are you going to have any involvement with that? No, uh, some years ago we tried it one, uh, one time, and... Uh, it's a lot of work. I mean, it really is a lot of work on the staff and setting up and just pouring wine or, or making burgers or whatever we were doing. And everybody worked like a dog. And at the end of the day, after you paid the rent and everything, we didn't get much out of it. But I think that uh, I think it's a good effort. I think that the things like that need to happen to kind of liven the place up. And uh, so I'm in favour of it, but I won't be participating. Yeah. But the overflow of uh, people that go to the Wine and Dine Festival to your restaurants afterwards or the bars, is that something that you saw? <laughs> Well, I used to have a good location in the basement of Jardine House. So, uh-huh. yeah, we got a lot of people in those days coming across after they were all pissed and they all come piling in and having pizza and beer and whatever. So it was really very successful for my old establishment, but we're not, we don't have anything nearby now. So I, I don't know that they'll be coming in. It is competition in a way. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 We we uh, remember Grappa's cellar, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a good mu- music venue. How about music coming back? In the, do you see that, uh, Jr.? Well, we mm-hmm. we opened a place, a, a new Grappa's cellar in uh, Causeway Bay, Lee mm-hmm. Garden too. Yeah. And uh, and the problem was, of course, we had eleven months where the government would not allow live music, mm-hmm. and so that didn't help us any. But uh, we've just really gotten on track in, in the last couple of months, last two or three months, and we have uh, we're open every Saturday night. And we're getting some, we're getting people. There's more and more people coming on the Saturday nights, and we've got something usually on a Wednesday night. So we're trying to have it at least two nights a week, and there's been a good response. So I'm encouraged. Is, is, is that is that the the route to go then? Trying to find uh, a, a new entertainment or additional entertainment, not just the bar and restaurant. Yeah, I, I think that this whole—it it, it is a nightlife thing, and it, it, it's starting to work. But how many people are actually going to come on an ongoing basis remains to be seen. I, we're still uh, in having an economic recovery, so mm-hmm. but it, it's going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. 
Um, um, Glenn McCartney, we've got a, a, a yeah. couple of minutes left. Uh, uh, what do you think? How, how important is uh, is music to uh, to <clears throat> I mean, uh, general entertainment, getting people to come out, uh, attracting tourists? I mean, for instance, uh, you know, what one of the activities here in Hong Kong over the next few weeks? Uh, there's there's going to be a, a K-pop dance party on the on the Kuantong. I'm going to see you there. <laughs> That's yeah. Brilliant. yeah, music. Well, I mean, you, you, you struck the note in the head, so to speak. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I sort of have a side gig. I'm a, I'm a drummer in a rock band called 21 Day. <laughs> so, um, I, and, and we, we have a couple up and coming gigs as well. Good. So, mm. I, 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 we, we, I mean, I, from side from the professor hat, I, you know. So, I, but I, as, as a musician in a, in, a, in a live music band, we also have restrictions too, sometimes imposed on us, like, you know, hourly restrictions. You can't, after this time, even getting venues. So, I mean, I'd like to see a lot more investment, yeah, in, in small, you know, music bands like ourselves, you know, and, and removing some of the restrictions. Because I think I absolutely advocate that there's, um, there's a lot, there's, the live music scene, every time we play, there's great crowds of people turn up. Um, and, and again, I come to my point of uh, value adding. They just don't come for a beer and a pizza. They're going to stay long because you have live music playing, you know. They get up, they dance, sometimes they grab the microphone. But I mean, it's it's. I think the the issue, yes, uh, is adding on. Why, why should we stay longer and have more to eat and drink? Live music, absolutely. Let let's work on and how we make more uh, more investment in that. Is it, is this happening in Macau, or is it in uh, or about you call for this to happen both in Macau and Hong Kong? Well, I think Macau, uh, Hong Kong has a great, great, I mean, great music scene. Um, Macau, of course, we have to do a lot more work on our, our live music scene. Uh, that's something I've been talking about for the last few years, in terms of like, uh, you know, in, in bringing more venues and, and like for night, the nighttime economy. Hong Kong it has advanced on that for some some time. Great music venues and so forth. But like to JR's point, there more of that, more of it, please, because again, I think a lot of people from uh, a lot of segments, a different word be K-pop. Uh, or, or rock music or stuff. There's a lot of tastes out there. A lot of people would like to listen to live music, I find. So yeah. more music and more outdoor activities or outdoor seating abilities at the restaurants and venues. That is important. Ways well, of and catching and up. Just, yeah, waterfronts sort of are, are natural landscapes. Mm. But to JR's point, I think you can also bring it back into the city, into into neighbourhoods. You can have night market, more night markets, more night scenes. It doesn't have to be a waterfront. You can create you can create the facade around your your bar districts, around restaurant areas, around squares. So you you, you, you can you can you can have these uh, you can manufacture it not just at waterfronts, which are a natural setting, but you can also do night entertainment into other settings and you make, make that clustering effect. Uh, of, of multi, so that that will bring it in. If you have uh, several bars, restaurants working together, you can you, you could actually do do the job. Not doesn't have to be waterfront, mm. but it, it's good. It's a good example of what to do. Yep. Okay, great. Well, thank you both uh, very much for joining us uh, on the programme uh, this morning. That was uh, Glenn McCartney, Associate Professor in Integrated Resort and Tourism Management at the University of Macau. And uh, thanks very much to uh, James Robertson, owner of the El Grande Group of Restaurants and Bars. That includes uh, Grappers and Cadillac. And so here we go with the last uh, segment of this morning's programme and we're going to get uh, a regular update 
on the uh, Asian Games uh, in Hangzhou, and that's with uh, our reporter, Jamie Clark. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Jim. Thank you for having me. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, so, uh, five more medals for Hong Kong yesterday, uh, um, including a, a silver for Siobhan Hockey. She had to settle for a silver this time. Yeah, so I've been in almost every day this week talking about Siobhan Hockey. Mm. Yeah, she got a silver in the women's 50 metres freestyle. She finished in 24.34 seconds, uh, so that's that's faster than her pers- previous personal best. But yeah, it was just a tenth of a second behind China's Zhang Yufei. She's really strong um, across a lot of the swimming. She'll be in the medals again this uh, later today, um, and she set a new Asian record. So yeah, mm-hmm. that takes Siobhan's tally to six, two golds, one silver and one bronze. So that would put a 15th in the medals table between Malaysia and Vietnam if she was representing herself. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that's a amazing, amazing games for her. And yeah, it'll give her confidence going into the Olympics next year. Any more, any more opportunities ahead of us, or are we at the end of the games? When is the end of the? When are we ending the uh, the streak of wins here? The, the swimming ends. The swimming ends today, and she's in the four by one hundred meter medley relay today. Um, she, Stephanie O, and her were in the bronze medal four by one hundred meters freestyle relay earlier this week. So they could quite easily get another medal. Yeah, by the end of the day, that would take her to. Yeah, uh, five medals. So, uh, mm. six, sorry, six medals. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, so, so today is the final day in the pool and the velodrome and the fencing arena. Um, Hong Kong's got seventeen medals from those uh, three uh, areas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. What's today looking like? Yeah, they've been our strongest sports, um, strongest events. So, yes, like I said, the swimming. There's a bunch of medals, re- uh, medals races in the swimming, fencing. Cedric Ho is back in the fencing arena. He won bronze in the individual epe earlier this week he's in the team epe later so they'll go through their heat stages this morning and then the final tonight and the cycling there's a couple to look out for in the cycling in the women's omnium see ceci lee won silver in the women's madison yesterday so she's now in the omnium today so there's a possibility there and the men's madison lung kar yu and lung chun wing are in the men's madison hong kong won gold in that event in 2018 uh, Chun Wing was in that team and he's now with Lung Kar Yu who won a silver yesterday so that's a strong team so yeah potentially there as well As it got funny I was walking around the office yesterday and I saw fencing going on on several screens in the yeah. office where people were sidetracked looking at the, uh, at, at the fencing games what, what is going to be the TV moment today? Yeah I mean this, yes the same upstairs we've had the, fen- the fencing is going to be on constantly I think the cycling could be fun the cycling could there could be a couple of medals there um, yeah p- possibly the cycling uh, and, and Hong Kong also have a a team in the semi-finals in the squash yeah so i mean the squash we are guaranteed a medal um the women's and men's team are guaranteed, guaranteed a, medal. a medal yeah how do we do that so they're in the bronze medal matches they give okay. out two bronzes yeah. okay. um so there's two semi-finals and hong kong have teams in in one of each um so yeah the women's team are against india that's later this morning and the men are against pakistan at 4 p.m this afternoon so yeah if they get through those matches they'll be in gold medal matches tomorrow if not, they'll they'll get a bronze. Okay, okay, and I think you were going to mention the triathlon as well, Jamie. Yeah, so the men's triathlon is is probably just about to finish. Um, they had we had Jason M competing in the men's triathlon. This is the first day of the triathlon. Got the men's today, women's tomorrow, and the mixed relay on Sunday. Now Hong Kong won a bronze in the mixed relay in 2018. So and they've got a strong team. The team's not changed too much since 2018. Um, yeah, so Jason Um is probably just finishing. He started really well 
Um, he was just behind the first place um, athlete in a bunch towards mm. the but coming towards the end. He's just what, falling what, away. What are the weather conditions? Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. Be, it looks okay. It looked quite nice. Yeah, they just had it on. Um, yeah, it looked quite nice. But yeah, I mean, that's it's a long. That's a long event, so yeah, he's just falling away. Okay, okay, great. Well, thanks very much uh, for that uh, update, uh, uh, Jamie Clark. There, our, our sports reporter. Uh, thanks very much uh, uh, to you, Paul, our co-presenter today. Yep, it was a good show. And, Thank you. Uh, and just a reminder that if you want to follow the uh, Asian Games uh, and uh, all the results, uh, you can check uh, RTHK News website, or there is the RTHK uh, News app as well. Um, we'll be taking a, a break on Monday because of the public holiday. Um, back chat will return on Tuesday uh, with me and uh, Ada Wong. And right now we've got a new summary coming up, uh, followed by brunch with Noreen. RTHK, the news at 10 with Haley Yip.